Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. It's going to get a lot colder tomorrow onwards. So, um, um, going to be speaking on the ongoing uh, theme of Acharyas. So, last week we heard from His Holiness Ramapad Swami about uh, uh, the Bhagavad Gita. What does the Bhagavad Gita speak about? Um, Acharya. And uh, uh, just want to continue on the theme. So, I wanted to start off with the pastime of uh, Srila Prabhupada, which is what the title of the uh, discussion today is, Now You Become. So, uh, once Srila Prabhupada, he was sitting in the Vyastan, much like the one over here, in which he also sat, um, not sure which temple, but uh, his, his various disciples were coming by giving obeisances and glorifying him, some quality that they were appreciating, um, either about his, about, about his compassion, his kindness, his erudition. And uh, for everything that... Oh. Harry you Better? Okay. And, and for everything that uh, it's too close to my mouth, for for everything that Prabhupada, uh, that Prabhupada was told, Prabhupada would respond by saying, "Now you become." So Prabhupada is a founder acharya, and uh, his mood always was uh, one of encouraging everybody around him also to become an acharya, and he was. Uh, he was very vocal about it, very encouraging about it. Um, he would encourage his disciples, you should write more books than I do, open more temples. He opened more than 108 temples in the 11 years that he was preaching, this being uh, one of them. Uh, make more disciples. So his, his mood constantly one was that this is not something that is exclusively that of a select few, the position of an Acharya. It is one that everyone can and should aspire uh, uh, to be. Um, in, in the Bhagavad Gita we see, and uh, this is the famous verse, where Krishna says that uh, he descends again and again for these three reasons. To protect his devotees, to annihilate the miscreants, and to re-establish the principles of religion. Sometimes when we have a discussion on this verse, one of the questions that comes up, if Krishna is God, if he is all everything, he is all powerful, he is uh, just by his icha shakti, he can make everything happen, why does he have to go through all the trouble of coming personally? to 
uh, do this. Any thoughts on that? It seems to be, uh, thank you, Prabhu. It's, it seems to be uh, impinging on Krishna's absolute uh, power. That he wants to, he wants something, he wants to accomplish something, and for that he has to come personally and do it. He can just think it and make it happen. Why does he have to come personally to make it happen? To give pleasure to his devotees. Very good. Why else? What else? To lead by example. Thank you. Palika Prabhu. Very good. So, 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 two very, very, um, all, all very relevant answers. Uh, but, but there is. Uh, so, while it is true that Krishna's uh, uh, Krishna has absolute power, but there is one power that is even stronger than Krishna's absolute power, and that is our free will. And it, it is there because Krishna has bestowed it upon us. But nevertheless, it is there. So, uh, uh, Krishna could make us love him, but then where's the question of our free will? So, because he doesn't want to interfere with our free will, he wants to inspire us to do the right thing. So, he comes to lead by example. So, he comes and he involves everybody. He has wonderful pastimes. When he leaves behind these these places, that becomes holy pilgrimages. So five thousand years ago, he came to Vrindavan. We still go there. You know, we we still feel so uh, transcendently uh, inspired to see Govardhan, to see the rock on which Krishna's lotus feet are still. The marks are still there. More than more than two million years ago, he came as Lord Ram. We still go to Rameshwaram. Temple is uh, Temple of Lord Ram uh, uh, is there. Even more ancient places that we that we go to, um, because he wants to he wants to inspire us from within. And uh, uh, this is something that is not just this 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 process of of inspiring through inspired is not unique to our tradition. So when Krishna came, he made so many he made he made so many people devotees, and they made so many more people devotees, and they made so many more people devotees, and the process is still going on, and we see the same thing being said in the Bible where Christ says that I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of, every, of everything I have told you. So the same two principles are being enunciated over here. The principle of the disciplic succession, somebody coming, somebody coming after that, and the principle that the message remains the same. So uh, uh, depending on where you read it from, this is either a Chinese proverb or it is something spoken by Benjamin Franklin, but it's, but it's uh, relevant here. It says that, tell me and I will forget, show me and I will remember, involve me and I will understand. 
So this has actually been proved scientifically in the principles of communication. Um, I don't see Gopinath here. Um, but uh, people who study communication as, as a science, they recognize the fact that uh, oral communication is the weakest form. That you, you tell somebody something, including things that I'm telling you, you know, you'll forget, including things that have been told to me. Um, but uh, if it is demonstrated, it stays for a longer while. But if, it, if a person is actually engaged in, in, in performing it, then it becomes a, it actually becomes a, it becomes a part of you. So, so this is essentially why the acharyas come. The acharyas come to, to, to do all three of these. That they have come to, they come to tell us, they come to show us, and they come to involve us. So, they will speak, they will speak the words that have been spoken, they will demonstrate it by personal example, and they will also create an environment in which everybody can participate and experience it. And in this way, the message becomes a part of us. So, who is an Acharya? This is, uh, this is the wiki definition of an Acharya, that a Acharya is a perceptor or an instructor in, in religious matters. He's the founder of a leader or a sect, a highly learned person, or a title affixed to the names of learned people. And when we think of Acharyas, we think of, we think of great personalities like, like these uh, Madhavacharya, Ramuraj Acharya, Nimbarkacharya, Vishnu, Vishnu Swami. These are the Acharyas of the four prominent Vaishnava Sampradaya um, um, that, are, uh, that are there. Um, but they are not the only Acharyas. The, uh, the reason they took on this role was to help us become Acharyas. So, uh, I just want to, uh, I just want to see by a raise of hand, how many people over here would consider themselves to be Acharyas? Without being shy. We have one person. Why would you, would you like to share with us? Why would you consider yourself to be Acharya? preach to him in a gentle fashion, such that he can understand, but he is not offended. So this is some instruction. Um, of course, it's not everything, but it does help. Okay, good. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. I think the mic's coming. I'm reluctant to use the word Acharya. Um, I'm more f comfortable with the word uh, Instructing guru. We all have different kinds of gurus, even a mechanic guru, a plumbing guru, mm. what to speak of mm. teaching bhakti yoga. Mm -hmm. And acharya, because it means teacher by example, and um, the acharyas in our line, like Srila Prabhupada and the, and, and the Prampara, I'm more, I'm not so comfortable with that. Could you elaborate 
on why the, uh, the, using the word Acharya is appropriate? I think there's some good reasons. I'd like to hear them. Okay, okay. I, I will. I think as, as, we, as we go on in the discussion, we will. Um, anybody else? Mataji? Just wait for the mic. You want to pass the mic on back? Yeah. Um, I just, um, you know, I like to be a teacher to deaf people, like just by giving an example by serving Krishna. So, you know, even they follow a little bit and they understand that this is the ultimate, um, you know, like thing, like whatever devotional service that only, you know, helps us in walk of life. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you. Thank you, Madhushree. Any other thoughts on, uh, on this? Um, let's, let's flip the question around and um, um, ask you, uh, why would you not consider yourself an Acharya? So I heard, we heard from Prabhu that uh, the connotations of the term seems to be to be uh, one who is very exalted, right? I, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what that's what you were saying. Any other thoughts? Why would you not consider yourself to be an acharya? Well, knowing myself somewhat, uh, I'm not. Don't think of myself as a leader. And number two, I. Even though I think my faith is pretty good, it's only like the faith of a bicycle. I can maybe carry myself into heaven, but I don't have any confidence. I have enough faith to take more than myself. That's okay. my reason. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Other thoughts? Pilot approval. Even though I do head up a Harinam party and we go out and, and I organize things, I still don't feel qualified, and I only do this on behalf of Shoa Prabhupada because I know this is his mission and this is what he wants us to do. So in that regard, I, I kind of agree with Sugata Prabhu. The term Acharya has a, a bigger connotation as far as just helping other people. So uh, you know, I would consider myself an assistant to the assistant of the assistant like that. So would you be okay with the term Assistant Acharya? <laughs> assistant, assistant to the Acharya, yes. Assistant to the Acharya. Thank you, Shri. Any other thoughts? Jyoti? Is there a title? Acharya is a title which is given by the people when you achieve some kind of uh, label of that... Uh, Excellence for in that field set. That's why you cannot consider yourself as acharya. Okay, okay. So the same point, I guess. The connotation of acharya is the state of being highly exalted. Uh, uh, what's your name? Nisha. Isha. Okay. Uh, oh, I have a question. So, what's that stage that you need to um, come across in order to be considered an acharya? So, so, like I said, this is a more conventional understanding of the term Acharya. And in a way, I was kind of setting you up because, yes, uh, you know, there are very few people here who have founded religious sects. And uh, highly learned, is, highly learned is, is, is a very subjective term. You know, there are, uh, you know I'm, I can recognize people sitting here who are very learned, but highly learned is, you know, there's ne never an end to 
to to uh, learning so so um, so isha just uh, addressing your question more specifically so this is the notional understanding of an acharya this is the more literal understanding of the word acharya so acharya is a sanskrit term the root word meaning is charya or charan which means uh, which actually means uh, conduct it actually means to move but in this context it means uh, conduct so so literally speaking an acharya is one who teaches by example or teaches by conduct or an exemplar so so we may not be in acharyas in the conventional sense but uh, um, uh, if i were to ask you that uh, uh, have you inspired anybody by your own personal example by your own personal conduct then uh, 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 setting humility aside i'm sure everybody will say yes whether we like it or not we are always observing and being observed you know they have this saying that uh, be careful how you behave because you're training other people in how to treat you so uh, uh, at all points of time we are being we are being observed and our qualities are either being emulated or or they are being criticized whether we like it or uh, or not um for those of us who are parents we are charities at home right they say that uh, who's the first teacher for the children it's the parents um i remember by my our own personal example that uh, when my son uh, uh he was young uh, he's 25 now but i think when he was 5 or 6 um he got into this habit of watching tv he would come back from school and switch on and watch tv and we would keep saying don't watch tv or then we start to saying that don't watch more than an hour but it was a struggle it was one of those points in which uh, um, uh, we had uh, we had arguments and then finally we realized the reason it was difficult was because we were watching tv ourselves and even though he is a child he could see that there was a difference between what we were asking him to do and what we were doing ourselves so then one fine day we took this decision that we would not have a television in our house we still don't have a tv and <laughs> so um and he's 25 now but he still doesn't watch tv and uh, uh it you know it was it was one thing that uh, about this point home that uh, uh you can speak all you want till you're blue in the face but it's your actions that speak louder than your words they say that uh, uh you know that's a popular saying actions speak louder than the words and that's what an acharya is that the acharyas preach by example and uh, regardless of how exalted or not we are in terms of uh in terms of understanding of scriptures or in terms of own purity but we all have the opportunity to so we have to act one way or the other we have all the, got the opportunity to to lead by example so this is what shila prabhupad wanted he wanted all of us to become an to become an 
Acharya. Uh, 550 years ago, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he personally came for this very purpose. That uh, uh, with, with the advent of the age of Kali, the Yuga Dharma was Harinam Sankirtan. And it was, it's already elaborately explained in the scriptures, but other than a very few, few people, not many people were following it. So then Mahaprabhu came himself in the mood of a devotee. He taught people Sankirtan, he practiced Sankirtan himself, he inspired people to, to, to follow through this process. And in this way, the whole Harinam Sankirtan movement was initiated. So Mahaprabhu is Krishna. And true to, the, true to the promise that he gave in the Bhagavad Gita, he comes again and again to establish the principles of religion. And this is how he comes. He comes as an Acharya and he comes to make people Acharyas. So, uh, uh, for us to become Acharyas, I wanted to talk about three essential qualities of an Acharyas that are glorified by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his associates. And um, uh, I think the way that I will do it is, we'll t I'll talk about the pastime and then I'll leave it up to you to, to uh, figure out what is the quality that is being glorified. So the first pastime is that of the illiterate Brahman. So this happened during, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he went on the South India Yatra and in Sri Rangam, he, he, uh, by, the, by the temple, he saw that there was a Brahmin reading the Bhagavad Gita and there were people sitting around him. They were laughing, they were making fun of him and Mahaprabhu was surprised and when he went there, he saw, found out the reason that uh, this person, he was reading the Gita all wrong. His, uh, his uh, uh, diction was wrong, his meter was wrong, and uh, he, he, was just, he was just struggling. So then Mahaprabhu went to him and then said that, why are these people laughing at you? And why are you reading the Gita in this way? So the Brahman said that, uh, uh, my spiritual master asked me to read the Bhagavad Gita every day, all the 18 chapters. I'm illiterate. I do not know how to read. But somehow or the else, I try to, to, to read it. And then Mahaprabhu said, why are these tears flowing from your eyes? And he said, I may not understand the Gita, but by the mercy of my spiritual master, whenever I think of Krishna, the personality of Godhead, taking the menial position of being the chariot driver of his disciple Arjun, then my heart, heart gets overwhelmed with love and tears automatically flow. So Mahaprabhu embraced him and said that you have actually understood the essence of the Bhagavad Gita. So what do you think is the quality of the Acharya that Mahaprabhu is trying to exemplify here? Following the instructions of the spiritual master or the parampara. Hari Radhika? Humbleness. 
Humility? No, humbleness. Humbleness? Humbleness, thank you. What's your name, Prabhu? My name is Hetal. Hetal. And I think it means it's okay to make mistakes and learn from other people's mistakes. Okay to make mistakes and learn from others. Thank you. Raghunandan Prabhu? That Brahmana understood God. The Brahmana understood God. Thank you. Isha? Just wait for the mic to come. Uh, I think it means that when you pray and when you practice a religion, you do it from a place of sincerity. You do it from the heart, not because it's what you're told to do. You do it because you feel it, and that's how you know it's real. From a place of sincerity. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank, uh, I think you had a point. Yeah, there's a mic right behind you. Seema. Haribo. That... Krishna consciousness can't come about by intellectual pursuits. It's not by yana yoga, but by bhakti yoga by that bhakti we realize. Yoga. Okay, thank you very much. So, um, all, all very good and correct answers. Um, fortunately, the answer that I, I was looking for also came through. So, uh, uh, <coughs> I feel uh, to some extent vindicated. So, yes, they're all right answers. But... Uh, 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 the main, um, uh, I think, uh, the main, uh, the, the foundation of the Brahman's belief came from the instructions or came from the faith in the instructions of his spiritual master. So this is one of the, one of the, the first and the most important qualities of an Acharya is to himself follow. So one should not think about becoming an Acharya and say, what different can I do? Can I give a different interpretation on, the, on who God is? Um, I remember uh, there, was a, there was a yoga retreat at my work one place. And the person who came in, um, he was teaching us some kind of a yoga. And his introduction was, what I'm teaching you, you will not find anywhere else. I have invented this myself. I have practiced it, I have tried different things, and this is the best that, that uh, uh, I, can, uh, I, I have manufactured. I'm paraphrasing his words. Right? But that was his claim to flame that he's, uh, he's offering. And sometimes people actually like that, that this is something new, something that nobody has known. We are the first to see it. But this is, this is the case of the blind leading the blind, right? If the person himself is fallible, is exposed to all the defects that you are, how can that person lead you? So a, a real Acharya will follow another real Acharya who will follow another real Acharya. And that's the whole process of disciplic succession. That's what makes disciplic succession so important. The fourth chapter of Krishna says, Imam vivasvate yogam proktavanam avyayam vivasman manave praha manuriksvake abravit. That, this, this imperishable science was first taught to me by the sun god, who then taught it to vivasman, who then taught it to ikshmaku. And then he says, evam parampara praptam imam rajrishyo vidu. That, 
in this way evam evam parampara praptam that in this way the sciences is actually given so uh, uh, following somebody does not mean that you let go of your ability to think in fact if you follow and uh, you all have had that experience that you're going so now everybody has gps so they're okay but in the earlier days so, you know somebody would say we are going there and you say okay i don't know the way i'll follow you so you're following that person's car you have to be 20 times more alert to follow the person's car you have to watch out for the traffic and everything else plus you have to keep an eye on the person's car so following somebody does not mean that you close your eyes and you follow blindly you need all your intelligence you need all your discrimination you need all the sense of perseverance that you have to sincerely follow that the prophet would say you follow with your intelligence that is the mark of a true follower second pastime so this is uh, this is a pastime of a small child uh, his uh, his name was makradwaja and he was fortunate enough to have association of chaitanya mahaprabhu through his relative somehow he would be he would be uh, when mahaprabhu was in uh, puri he had association of mahaprabhu so prabhu chaitanya mahaprabhu was very affectionate to him he was a small child of less than 5 years he would call him gopal so once mahaprabhu came out of the restroom he had gone to answer the call of nature and he came out and with both his hands he was trying to hold his tongue so they said that why, why are you doing this and he says my tongue is so addicted to the chanting of the holy names but even when i'm passing stool in the bathroom my tongue cannot stop chanting so then the small child of 5 years he he started preaching to the personality of godhead and he said that the holy name is transcendently pure how can something that is so pure be contaminated by something that is material the holy name has the power to purify anything and everything and nothing has the ability to contaminate the holy name and mahaprabhu said you are my guru so from that day he got the name gopal guru and this is actually a deity of his uh, he later on established a temple in the radhakant temple in puri this is a deity of his from there so what are your thoughts what are the lesson what is the quality of the acharya that comes through this balram prabhu and acharya tries to learn acharya is open to learning from others thank you okay um this is a little bit uh, i guess a little bit more covered so the principle is of tattva gyan or understanding the underlying principle so uh Uh, sometimes we get so much lost in the details that we forget the we forget we we forget the simplicity that 
lies underneath it. So uh, uh, at one point, somebody once asked Prabhupada that in most of your classes, you say Krishna is God, your, your, your uh, duty is to serve Krishna. You keep saying the same thing over and over again. Why do you keep repeating it over and over again? And Prabhupada said, because you don't get it. <laughs> right? So it's, it's uh, you know, it's simple for those who can get it. Jivaras Parup Hoye Krishna Nityadas. It's very simple. The whole, the whole philosophy of Krishna consciousness can be encapsulated in this two sentences. That the eternal constitutional position of the spirit soul is to be the, to be the servant of Krishna. Right, but if, but you know, but if we don't get it, and we ask, why not? You know, if I why why not the servant of the 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 moon and the sun? Why not the servant of my senses? Why not the servant of the king or my family? So then the additional questions and the additional answers begin to begin to come in, but uh, and which is okay as long as it helps us understand the underlying principle so the underlying principle is 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 one uh, that at least notionally we should understand we may not realize it completely we are in the process of realizing it right so one of the principles is that we are not the body we are the we are an eternal spirit soul so we may not experience that but at least we may accept it and work towards experiencing it or realizing it. So the underlying principles are so simple that even a child can't, can get it. So uh, uh, it, it, is, it is abundantly explained, explained by Srila Prabhupada, is explained in the scriptures, what are the underlying principles? And uh, it behooves us to to make that inquiry, the Brahma Jigyasa, to make that inquiry as to as to uh, what are the real problems in life and how can they be solved? Who are we? Where did we come from? What is our relationship with God? Who is God? So these are the basic questions that are abundantly answered and it behooves us to inquire about it and find the answers. The third is is a famous uh, associate of Mahaprabhu, um, Haridas Thakur. So Namacharya Haridas Thakur and and uh, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually gave him the title of Namacharya um, because uh, he exemplified the the the, the Yuga Dharma of chanting. He would, he, would, he would chant from morning to evening and from evening to morning. So for those of us who are initiated, we chant 16 rounds a day. It takes us about anywhere from an hour and 30 minutes to two hours. So he would chant three rounds of 64 rounds every day. So he was, he was chanting. He was chanting all the time. And uh, he was, by birth, he was a Muslim. So at that time, there was a lot of there was, there was a lot of uh, differentiation between Hindus and Muslims. Uh, to the point that even though he was so exalted that Mahaprabhu himself would come and visit him every day, he was still not allowed to enter into the 
Jagannath Puri temple. But Mahapuri, Mahaprabhu would carry prasadam personally and, and uh, give it to him. So, uh, what is the principle? What is the Acharya quality that is being exemplified by him? Humility. Thank you. Palika Prabhu? By example. Thank you. So, by following sincerely. So, he heard what Mahaprabhu, what Mahaprabhu said and he exemplified it in his own life. He did it over and over and and over again. So, um, uh, one of the other acharyas in our, in our disciplic succession, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he makes this point so sometimes we think that the, 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 an acharya is one who preaches. And he makes this point that you must preach all the time and once in a while you should speak. So the point is that we should preach by example. That we should act in a way that impresses upon the people the, about the potency of what we are doing. Sometimes at workplaces, especially for devotees who have been working at a place for a long time, um, people do notice the fact that they are different. Maybe they are not that much caught up in the office politics. Maybe they don't get agitated that quickly. And sooner or later somebody will come and ask, that what's, you know, what's your secret sauce? What do you do? So this is preaching by preaching by example, which is actually the most potent form of preaching. So we are all preachers, we are all acharyas. Whether we like it or not, we may be leading or misleading people. Then it behooves us to, 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 uh, to do what we think would lead us and the others on the, on the right path. So why be an acharya? We already are. You already are an acharya. So, um, um, so, so that that train has already left the station. So you are an acharya. If you're if you're married, you're an acharya to your spouse. If you have children, you're an acharya to your parents. If you're working, you're an acharya to your colleagues. You know the fact that you're existing in a in in, in a society, you're an acharya. If you have a Facebook account, you're an acharya to people who are following you. Right, so the new social social acharya. It gives you an opportunity to be the change that you want to see. You know, people often say things would be so much better, and then fill in the blanks. If people were more uh, 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 collegial with one another, if people lived in more harmony, right? But we always say for the other person, right? But change actually begins from within. If we change ourselves, that change will inspire others to change. It'll, and it and will inspire us also. The, the point, and this is again made by, uh, I believe, by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, is that uh, when we ask somebody else to do something, when we preach to others, we are also preaching to ourselves at the same time. 
So when we say to somebody that, uh, Prabhu, you need to chant good rounds, then we are also saying to ourselves, Prabhu, you need to chant good rounds. So if you if have a little bit of sincerity in, um, uh, in what we are doing, then when you are trying to be an acharya to somebody else, you are also being an acharya to yourself. You are also inspiring yourself to be, to do better. And we get an opportunity to leave the world a better place. Prabhupada would say that uh, um, this was more in terms of, of physically that you go to a place and you leave it, it should be cleaner than what you found it. And the same can be said with respect to our interaction with the world. We came, we did something and, it's, and one day we'll leave it, but hopefully we'll leave it a better place than, than uh, what we came in. So be an Acharya. So there are so many things that we have to we have to do, but we do it while we meditate on the higher principle, and that inspires us and others also. So I'll stop over here, Hare Krishna, and see if there's any questions or comments. We have about ten minutes. Yes, Mataji, I think there's a mic coming. is the difference between a guru and acharya? So what's the difference between a guru and acharya? So a, a guru has formally agreed to take on the responsibility of uh, helping others. So whether the person is a shiksha guru or a diksha guru, um, Consciously, the person takes on the responsibility of uh, uh, guiding other people, answering the questions, and uh, helping them. But first and foremost, a guru has to be an acharya. You cannot you cannot help somebody else if you yourself are not walking down that path. That helps. Okay, thank you, Isha. So you said an acharya has to basically follow in the footsteps of the people before him, right? So what about like evolution and with time changing and things changing and better things coming with those with those changes? Like, wouldn't it be better for the people that he or she is preaching to to have a change as everything as the world changes around us? Like we change the way we do things in order to adapt to that. Right, good. Thank you. It's a good question. So, so there is a so there is a difference between uh, following and imitating. So, the Acharya principle is that of following, and following means that you follow with the essence of the message. Uh, it always can and will be adjusted, as per and uh, as you described it. The, the term that is used is Kal, Desh and Patra. So Kal means time, um, Desh means it means country, it means circumstances, and Patra means uh, uh, time, place and circumstance. 
So desh means place and patra means circumstances, right? So the message will get adjusted based on time, place and circumstance. But it does not get changed. The essence of the message remains the same. So, so example is when, uh, uh, when we have witnessed this in our own, or at least me in my lifetime, that uh, earlier on the main, uh, the main media of, uh, of, of preaching was face-to-face. -face. There would be satsang, people would go and somebody would talk and that, 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 is, that is how it happened. Now with all this uh, social media, there's a lot of preaching that's done over there. And then you see that the way it's being done is a little different. Because that, uh, that bilateral exchange is limited to a great extent. The message is not changed. You know, maybe the way it's being done is, is, is changed uh, uh, to, uh, to some extent. So what we aspire to do is to follow intelligently. We don't just, we don't just imitate. Uh, there's a, it's, it's, I don't think it's true, but it's, it's a little funny when I was reading it, about uh, a guru who was teaching his disciples how to do yagya. And so yagya, you know, like a fire sacrifice. So it so happened that before he started doing the fire sacrifice, a small kitten came by. So the guru picked up the kitten, stroked it for a few minutes, put it aside, and then went ahead and did the, uh, the yagya. And, and the students later on, whenever they would start doing the yagya, they would get a kitten, they would stroke it, put it aside, and they would, they would do it. So that's imitating, right? You just try and follow without understanding. Right, so that's not what the acharyas do. So that's why the first principle was to, to, or rather the second principle was to understand what you're doing. That helps. Okay, thank you for the nice question, Palika Prabhu. This is um, it's a comment, but I noticed over the years, people would sometimes you'd hear them trying to imitate Shil Prabhupada's dialect or the way he would talk, as opposed to just speaking it themselves. They would sound like they're Shoal Prabhupada. And that just always made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It didn't mm -hmm. seem genuine. Thank you for sharing. Any other questions, comments? Concerns, criticisms? Prabhu? I don't know if this makes any sense, but I've been coming here for about four years and I was drawn here by Prabhupada, but I noticed the more I learned about Prabhupada, he's very conservative. Even though he's brilliant, he's very conservative. He doesn't like uh, just thinking up things, but not everybody can do that. So you have to think conservatively to be an Acharya. There's no way to be uh, creative. Um, although he did create things, but he didn't. He didn't advocate. He called it mental speculation. Right? So you should work on, your mind should be centered on not trying to extend things, but trying to conserve them, and then yes, the growth yes. will happen like yes. accidentally. Yes. Thank you, Prabhu. It's a very good question. So, um, so, so yes and no. Srila Prabhupada was very conservative, um, and he was, he was, uh, he was not conservative also. So, you know, the fact that uh, as a sannyasi, he, ca he crossed over 
the ocean. And you know, as per sannyas dharm, you're not supposed to cross over water. He crossed over the crossed over the ocean. Lot of things that he did over here was uh, something at that time was actually uh, was not. Uh, he was actually criticized by his god brothers and by others uh, for the things that, uh, uh, at least in their view, the changes that he made in in uh, in order to preach, right? In terms of deity worship, in terms of the qualification of the of of the people who became his disciples, qualification of the people who whom he awarded sannyas. So so he was uh, so so in that way he was he was he was kind of out there. You know he was uh, Prabhupada would say I'm in a I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a war with Maya, so I'm on the battlefield uh, over here. But he was very conservative in the sense that um, the message that he gave. He never he, uh, he 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 never speculated on that. He never mitigated that. When Prabhupada was uh, incorporating uh, ISKCON, then one of the suggestions was that instead of calling it the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, should call it the Inst- International Society for God Consciousness, just to make the appeal more universal. And then he said that I have come here to preach Krishna Consciousness. Right, and and the, that's what that's what it is. So it goes back to the question that was asked by the young lady who has gone now. That uh, um, there there are things that can be changed, and there are things that should not be changed. There are some some things that can be changed in order to facilitate the 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 purpose, but the message should not be changed. Yeah, that's thanks. Okay. Anything else? Any question from the ladies? Any question from the lady acharyas? No. Okay. So we are uh, we are we are at that time also. We'll stop. Uh, thank you very much for giving me your audience. Shila Prabhupada ki jai.